Humanity is that common thread that runs through all of us. And I think when we hear someone's story, it's our opportunity to come closer. My name is Will Small. I use poetry to capture snapshots of what it means to be human. There's no better inspiration for this than real-life humans in their natural habitat. So I've been having conversations with all kinds of beautiful, passionate, interesting humans who all call the Central Coast home. From uni students to business owners, artists to activists, young and old. In each of these conversations, a poem is hiding. I'm going to find it and write it. And I'm inviting you to come along for the ride and hear the conversations that spark my creative process. Stick around till the end and you'll get to hear the poem podcast has been proudly supported by the Central Coast Council. Join me as I dive into the untold stories of coastal citizens and seek to capture them in an original piece of spoken word poetry. Christy, thank you so much for welcoming me into your home and sitting at your table today to record this conversation, which is really awesome. I see you have a very cracked phone screen, which I think you have some notes on. Can you actually see anything that is on there? to see through the cracks of this phone. So it might say a lot about my personality, but I've learnt to live with it. So yeah, hopefully if I refer to something off my phone today, I'll be able to see it. I feel like we're diving straight into the deep end. You've learnt to live with the cracks, (laughs) to see the beauty and the worth through them. (laughs) Yes, very deep. So Christy, I met you through Uh, something that was called Circle Movement and is now called She the Change. And we're going to talk about that in a little while and some of the amazing things that you do. Um, But first of all, why don't you just give us a bit of a a backstory snapshot of, you know, where you grew up and sort of how, yeah, tell us some of the the Christy story in a few snapshots. Okay. Um, Well, I am an only child. I was born in Sydney, but... Moved up here at a very early age. My parents came to have a fresh start. My mother had always come to Tookley for holidays. Her family had a holiday house over there, a little fibro shack. So I think it just felt really natural Mm -hmm. for my folks to move up to the Central Coast. So we're talking almost 33 years ago now. So I've spent the vast majority of my life here as a coastie and I absolutely love it here. Um, Yeah, I'm a mother, a wife. I have three very small children and as you mentioned, I run a not-for-profit called She The Change. Awesome. Um, So you love it here on the coast. I do too. I moved here much later in my life than you did, but man, I love this place. And even just driving up, uh, you know, the coast is pretty big and driving up to your place this morning is an area that I don't normally spend time in, but sort of driving past, you know, beautiful water, the swamp, (laughs) as you referred to it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's really, really nice. But what are some of your favourite places on the coast? What are some of the places that if you had a spare day to yourself and you didn't have to be anywhere, where would you go? I absolutely love Cabbage Tree Bay and the lighthouse up at Nora Head. Mm. So beauty, beautiful. Like we're just so rich in natural beauty in our area. Um, if I was going out with friends, I'd probably hit up some of the awesome restaurants that are 
popping up across the central coast. Do you have any uh, particular favourites, you know, sort of I tourist recommendations? Do. I do. I'd send people for a drink at the Savoy. Um, so cool. I think Long Jetty's just, as we know, just such an emerging and vibrant area. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I'd tell people to go to good old Wyong, which is currently reinventing itself at the moment. There's a beautiful Italian restaurant. Um, I can't pronounce it because my Italian's not great. I think it's Osteria Mana something. Um, pizza by the meter down there. Yeah, there's Oh, yeah, just I have. I knew You've about been that there? place, the pizza by the meter. Yes. I haven't actually been there, but somebody had one of those pizzas at a, a house party. Oh. I was like, where did you get this one meter long pizza? I know, right? That's like, awesome. it is just the brainchild of some genius. Um, yes. They are so good. So, yeah, definitely go there. Um, yeah. And I'd just say, just spend a day cruising the beaches and checking out some of the natural beauty. What's something that you're most grateful for about living here, about, um, you know, raising kids here or working here, just sort of having your life in this part of the world? What's something you're really grateful for? It's so nice just to be able to take time out, take your shoes off, go stand in the ocean. Mm. Um, That's my happy place. I'm grateful um, for the beautiful sense of community on the central coast and I noticed that that's growing by the day like mm. I feel like more people um, are really just coming into their own and expressing themselves whether it be through creating small business or little communities um, like like even just the work that you've done with poets on the central coast there's just a real eclectic and beautiful sense of people um, expressing themselves creatively so yeah, I'm enjoying that right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and what about if there's one thing you could change, if you had a magic wand, mm. one thing you could change about the coast, what would that be? Oh, I'm thinking maybe the traffic at the moment. Like when I first moved up, um, there wasn't much traffic on the road, but everybody's heard about the Central Coast now. So people are moving here in droves, which is awesome because, I mean, it's adding – a different element to the coast but um yeah if it's feeling a little tiny bit crowded so perhaps i'd maybe just i don't know slow the traffic no not slow the traffic down <clears throat> maybe yeah just speed the traffic along a little bit sure so as i mentioned i met you a few years ago uh through something that was then called um circle movement and is now she the change uh, and maybe you want to talk about even that name change, but what is this thing that you do and how did it start? Oh, my gosh. I think we spend a large part of every day trying to figure out what we are and, you know, who we are and what we do because we started by accident, which was why um, originally when we started out we weren't called Circle Movement, we were called Circle of Women and then we became Circle Movement and now we're She the Change and I just – think that really speaks to how we've run the organization um we've allowed it to evolve naturally so when we first began seven and a half years ago um heading towards eight years this year um it came about after I read a book called Half the Sky and for me it was just such an eye-opening heart-opening book it 
was about the plight of women around the world and some of the injustices and inequalities that women are facing and how uh, the, the gender inequality that's happening in the world is actually the, the greatest humanitarian um, cause that we need to be fighting for mm. in this moment in time. And I thought of myself as, you know, a reasonably educated person. I knew a little bit about how the world worked. I had a bachelor in development studies. I had worked for World Vision. Um, I grew up watching Oprah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I I feel like I had – I was across some of the issues that were facing women in the, the world. But this particular book just changed everything for me. It was a game changer. Um, so after I read it, I remember thinking I need to get this book into the hands of as many influential women as I can think of. So I instantly bought 10 copies and gave them away. And of course, I gave them to some of my closest friends as well, um, who are now uh, running She The Change. We've created She The Change together. They read the book and they had the exact same response and reaction as I did. So, um, okay. So you've read the book. Yes. You give out 10 copies of it, uh -huh. which I love. I always give out books. Uh, if I like a book, I pass it on to people and it never comes back. So probably a good idea just to buy some more copies yes. and pass it along. I think if, you know, that is one of the greatest gifts you can give people if, if they really read it and it has the same impact as it did on you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so you've got a couple of friends, you've all read this book. Mm -hmm. What happens next? Well, I just think we think, oh my gosh, we need to do something. You know, um, one of the issues that we learn about in the book was just water and people having access to water, something that we take for granted in our everyday life. Don't even think about it. Just get up, turn the tap on, have a shower, have a cold drink. Like it's, mm. it's not even on my radar. Um, so we were thinking, well, how can we connect deeper with this particular issue and how can we show solidarity? Uh, how can we raise awareness? So we just decided to um, create a six-kilometre walk on the northern end of the central coast and six kilometres is the average distance that women in developing countries have to walk each day to collect water. So that was our way of expressing solidarity. And yeah, we did what most people do, just create a Facebook event and mm -hmm. see who shows up. And we thought we'd raise a little bit of money for uh, a water charity. And um, so that's what we did. And yeah, wow. I think we were overwhelmed by the response from the community and the women that we met on that day. And that was the very first thing that we did. And that sparked yeah she the change that's awesome i remember you know one of my favorite charities is charity water mm -hmm. scott harrison not yep. sure if that's the one you were it was. raising money for yeah. but i think they had a, a stat and it's going back a few years so hopefully i get it right but something around the amount of time that women in africa spend walking to get water equals like uh 40 of the workforce in in France or something like it was some and you think about that much time and like you said before you know sort of women's issues being the most pressing justice issue because it's everything uh-huh um you know that that affects obviously education and economics and um politics and just everything so 
wow, you read this book, give out 10 copies, organize a Facebook event for a walk. Um, when did it become a thing that was bigger than an event, bigger than a few friends with a book? Yep. When did you start naming it and saying this is actually a bigger cause than just a one-time thing? Mm-hmm. Um, fairly soon after that event actually because we met so many incredible women who have a heart for social justice and the thing that we discovered is that often people um, who are doing something good in the world they're quite isolated Um, so we just really saw that there was a need to one maybe just get together with these women again that we've made incredible friendships with on the day but to maybe create a little bit of a community for these women who are out there doing extraordinary things but feel a little bit isolated so that perhaps we can uh, learn and grow and share with each other so yeah it was it was a happy accident the way Mm. that it all came together so um we did step one of creating community and created the Facebook community and I said to the girls, what do we call ourselves? Um, So we just came up with Circle of Women Mm. simply because we needed a name but also because I like the symbolism of a circle and um, just that idea of women coming together, sitting in a circle, sharing stories, sharing hearts. Um, Yes, but as we progressed and and grew we began running events and and a big rally on the central coast called she the change and we felt that that really was able to describe and spoke to who we were as as a group um and felt that people would be able to easily identify what we are and who we are because of course we've borrowed that and appropriated it from gandhi be the change you wish to see in the world uh, so, yeah, that's the short yeah. version. I love it. I, I love what you guys do. I love, um, you know, obviously I've spent a bit of time uh, with you and Rachel and Adele. Uh, I'm assuming you guys all kind of, they were the two who they you are, kind of yeah. founded it with at the beginning yes. after reading that book and everything. Um, and even though I am a he, I consider it a real honour to kind of be a, a friend of She the Change and to um, have, yeah, crossed paths with you guys on a number of occasions. And we've collaborated on some cool things, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. We've sort of – I uh, run this spoken word night called Speak Up and a couple of times we've done She Speaks Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had my own sense of just ongoing challenge and confrontation around um, just my privilege and the dominance of, of voices that are particularly white, male, middle class. So to kind of create more spaces on stages and microphones for, for the voices of women is something I've been really hit up about. Um, but – Anyway, a bit of a ramble just to say I love what you guys are doing. Keep doing it. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, this bigger thing that you're attached to. Um, but I'd love to really just spend some time getting to know you, Christy, and, and asking questions about kind of what really makes you tick. Oh, so thanks, when you Will. think – oh, you're welcome. Um, when you think about, I guess, kind of the – I like to flip this question, you know, what are the things that get you out of bed in the morning and what are the things that keep you from sleeping at night? You know, the things mm-hmm. that can pull you up out of sleep right. and the things that can keep you from sleep because they're kind of the biggest ideas in your life. So other than kids you're talking about? Well, they can certainly impact sleep in all kinds of ways and just eliminate it from your life. But other than kids, 
Um, yeah, what are those things that I guess are the, the things that you feel like you're here to do, the most important thing that you're trying yeah. to do in the world? I definitely think it's to do with the work that we're doing through She The Change. We, we've got like our little Instagram description and on that it just says, you know, a community for women finding their – and I've got like a, the little lightning bolt emoji – Um, which to me is finding their thing, finding Mm. their passion, finding that thing that really lights them up, the thing that, you know, causes them to stay awake each night um, and wake up early in the morning and put the bounce in their step and then to do good. So um, Great use of an emoji, by the way. Love the way that they've become a part of language. It just sums up, you know, what we're about. When words fail, (laughs) emojis don't. They don't. They don't let us down. Um, And so what that means for me and for She The Change is building community, slowing down and creating events both in real life and like social campaigns that spark conversation to get people talking and have people share their stories and their experiences. Um, That's what keeps me awake because, you know, it's no secret that we live in such a divided world at the moment. Um, Mm. And it can be angry and and scary and um, it's it's a hard place to exist because we feel like, we're so committed to being on on a particular team or sticking to a particular ideology. So for me um, and the work that we're doing at She The Change, if we can create a platform where women can come together and we welcome and we invite men to attend our events and we often have men there and I think that's fantastic. It is a great place uh, for men to lean in and really understand what's going on. Uh, but as people share experiences, you know, lights go on, um, hearts are opened. We understand each other a little bit more. One of my favourite quotes is, stories make us feel more alive, more human, more courageous, more loving. And so for me, it's all about getting back to the roots of what it means to be a human. Mm. It's that amazing African word, Ubuntu, Ubuntu, I never say it right. Um, Mm. But just recognising that humanity in all of us, that humanity is that common thread that runs through all of us. And I think when we hear someone's story, it's our opportunity to come closer to our life, their life. And um, Brene Brown talks about you know, the closer we come to people, it's it's hard to hate people close up. Mm. Like it's easy to hate them from afar. Um, but when we step in, lean in and really begin to understand their stories, it does something in our own lives. Um, and we do, we become more courageous. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I, I sort of tend to think of uh, love and fear on the same spectrum and sort of two different directions. And the closer you move, to something that's moving in the direction of love, you know, the direction of intimacy, the direction of being known, being seen and, and seeing and knowing. Um, and fear is the creating distance, moving away, 
that thing looks scarier because I don't know what it is. And, and sort of, you know, so totally love what you're saying there. Um, I love hearing how much you've found your lightning bolt emoji. <sighs> and it sounds like it's just so in those uh, facilitating and creating spaces where people can genuinely connect, know each other and be known and go out and change the world and make it a better place. Spot on. It's awesome. Spot on because you just ooze it like it comes out of you. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this interview. We're going to get back into it in just a tick, but I wanted to take a moment to invite you to be a part of the process of creating this work. Podcasts are free to listen to, but they aren't free to create. I would love to keep interviewing interesting humans and writing poems about them, but I could use your help to make it happen. If you're digging the Poetic Beings podcast, I want to invite you to consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash willsmall. For as little as $1 a month, you'll receive exclusive unpublished poetry written by me sent straight to your inbox. At higher levels of giving, uh, rewards include things like contributing interview questions or having my next book posted to you with a handwritten note or even getting your own poem written by yours truly. I so appreciate your support. If you want to check out my other creative work, you can go to willsmall.com.au or I run a small creative business called Lead by Story, helping people to nail their message and make every word count. If that's of interest, you can head to leadbystory.com.au. Do you have a story or kind of like a, a proud moment when you think about like if that's what you want to try and do with your life, when are some times when you've actually been in that spot and you've gone, we just did it? I just mm. saw it happen. I'm 100% in the sweet spot. Oh, my gosh. I get to experience that all the time. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're seven, eight years deep into this thing. Yeah. Um, so many amazing testimonials come back. Um, one of my favourite things is after we've run an event and and particularly not one of our big events – some of our more smaller events, people will come up to me and they will say, oh my goodness, you can just feel it. You can just feel this vibe and it's amazing. It's incredible and it's in the air and I just tend to have to agree. So for me, that is one of the best compliments that anyone could pay us after one of our events. Um, but yeah, there's been other times we've had um, a woman come and share her story at our event and partway through her story, she said that she had gone home and drafted a book after attending one of our events. Wow. I mean, that was pretty amazing. We've had another young woman um, write a song after she's been to something. And so for me, that's huge because that is – in my mind, that's them finding their lightning mm. bolt. It's not paying ode to us. It's them just living in in their flow, in the the, the purpose that they have for their lives. Um, but just another significant story that comes to mind was after our, our rally a couple of years ago, we did an experiment on stage and we were inspired by something that we had seen on social media but we got strangers on stage just to sit down and to get eye contact with one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just spent a couple of minutes looking into each other's eyes. Um, and it was really moving and really incredible. The, a couple of days after that event, I received an email from someone who had attended the rally 
And they had said they did that experiment with their eight-year-old daughter and they spent a couple of minutes just looking into each other's eyes and she couldn't describe what that had done for their relationship. She said they both just sat there crying. Um, They could see each other for almost what it felt like the first time. They could understand each other. They had a connected, bonded moment. Um, Mm. And for me... That's the legacy of what we do. It's just each individual life that has benefited from something that we've done. Mm. That's awesome. It's all very inspiring, but I'm sure that you've had some pretty significant challenges along the way. I think anybody who's uh, who's trying to make the world a safer and more connected place pretty quickly runs into the fact that, like you said before, the, the world can be a scary place and it's a, it's a place that's horribly imbalanced and kind of out of whack in a lot of corners. So I'd love to hear uh, what are some of the moments that have been most challenging, times where you've perhaps thought, geez, I am just going to stay in bed today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, tell us about some of those obstacles. Yeah, there's been plenty of those as well. Um, I think anybody who's leading something, and in particular it's a a passion project, you're quite vulnerable because you're putting your heart and soul out there kind of for public consumption. So, um, yeah, it's hard at times. Um, particularly last year was quite challenging for us. We, um, we were cyberbullied and um, I just remember at the time feeling really misunderstood and – broken really after that like that was just really hard because Mm. I think our intentions were misunderstood and yeah like I said you're putting your baby out there for the world Mm. to judge and to look at and yeah so uh, I feel like that was a little bit soul destroying at the time Uh, I guess the other hard part is as I mentioned it is a passion project so there's not a lot of finance for it. So a lot of what we do is self-funded. Um, so trying to raise the money and rally the support mm. is challenging. It's mm-hmm. hard, um, you know, and to make matters worse, at times we've been ripped off a significant amount of money and yeah, it's a bit demoralising when those things happen, Um yeah, so you have your moments mm. where you're kind of like, oh, is this going to take me out of the race? It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's kind of like hearing those things. They are the reasons that you would want to give up. They are the reasons that you would want to go, well, I'm just going to go do something that funding is not an issue. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go do something where I'm not going to get cyber bullied. Mm-hmm. At the same time, those things are probably signs that you're in the right place. In, in a sense, because those challenges mean that you are truly giving yourself to something that's worthwhile enough that you would endure that, that you would wear a few scars for it, that you actually believe in it enough that you're going to keep doing it the next day. Mm-hmm. But what are the things that have kept you going, that have helped you um, recover yeah. um, and just gently put one fo- foot forward in front of the next? Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to be um, resilient in this game. Uh, I would have to say I was probably ready to pack it all in at the end of last year. Um, But what helped me was rest. 
and taking time. Um, it's that old Banksy quote, like learn to rest and not quit. So I think, um, yeah, just having that space where you can have a social media blackout. Mm. I mean, that's huge for what we do. We're always on our phone, always on our community, on our, sorry, on our, on Facebook, on our computers, because that's where our community is. We've built it largely online. Um, So you feel like you have to have your phone in your hand 24 hours a day. And with that, you know, you are absorbing, like absorbing, sorry, um, all of the negativity that might be out there. So just putting my phone down for a good four, five months and really learning what it is to be present and to be in the moment and to re-examine my dreams and my pathway and ask myself, am I still on the right track? And I think at the end of the day, the thing that has kept me in the game uh, for as long as I have been is just that deep sense of purpose teamed with joy Mm. when you are doing the things that you love uh, and the thing that brings you purpose. I think there should be that sense of joy in your heart despite how hard you know um the exterior things are that you're facing internally is just that sense of yeah I'm in the right space at the right time and I'm doing the right thing um and timing knowing timing I know that I still have time in me to dedicate to she the change it's not I'm not ready to pass that on yet although I do always um am committed to holding it loosely I'm not ready to let go of it yet. Yeah. Everyone should go and and listen to everything you just said again because there's so much in there that, um, I mean, the stuff about rest, I just think that is the biggest thing in our our culture, our world today, our our phones sort of don't rest, our Mm -hmm. our online news cycle doesn't rest, but um, we are not phones or computers or internets. Yeah, we are humans, and we uh-huh. need uh, we need rest. And and uh, man, just that idea that you can be so close to quitting, and actually, really, what you just need is a little time out, but not forever. Um, that's awesome. What do you think, Christy, is a key lesson along the way that you've learnt that you think you would want as many other people to hear and and sort of to to have it sink deep into them? What's a lesson that you would want to share with others that you've learnt along the way? I just think people need to get started. Like, I think if we have a few moments to ourselves and and we could all connect with our purpose and our our dreams, but not everybody kind of makes it off the tarmac. We just kind of sit with those dreams for a long time. And I think fear has a lot to do with that or perhaps not knowing where to start. But something that's been so helpful for me on my journey, and it's another quote, and I apologise if um, the author of this quote is out there because I don't know what it, who it is, but it's um, you don't have to see the whole staircase, you just need to see the first stair. So for me, I don't feel like you need to have the big grand plan. You don't necessarily need to have the 10-year plan and the 50 steps um, to get there. You really just need to have that spark and that dream within your heart and then kind of go, what is one action that I can put behind that? And I've just found that momentum 
delivers your dream. So the moment you just take one step, you get started, something happens. There's an, there's an energy that, you know, starts to begin within you and in the atmosphere around you and things just start to happen. So that's the story for me of She the Change is just do one thing, read that book, give that book away, create an event, do a class, you know, get curious about the things that interest you and see where they lead. You know, it doesn't have to lead to a Nobel Peace Prize or your art doesn't have to be hung in the Louvre. Um, just do something for the joy of doing it and see where that takes you. It's great advice just to start. Um, I think so many of us and myself included at many times have grand ideas in our heads that we uh, we just let die in our heads when really all it takes is what's just that one simple next step and then we can worry about step two or three or four after taking step one. Um, what would you challenge people to go and go and read? I mean, you might want to recommend that book or go mm-hmm. and watch or, or go and, uh, I don't know, do in a really practical way to kind of, if they want to find out more about some of these issues that you've spoken about. Oh my gosh, yes. Go get Half the Sky for sure. Start there. Um, Yeah, and then like there's so many resources out there, like particularly, you know, Netflix and Stan, there's incredible documentaries out there. There's a documentary out now that just won an Oscar called Period that's on Netflix. So that's about, you know, menstruation issues that are facing girls in developing countries. There's a plethora of things out there. So get curious about it, get Google out um, and just find an issue that you connect with that resonates with you and start to look into it a little bit more. And of course, you're welcome to come to one of our events that happens throughout the year. Um, if people want to connect with you guys, what's the what are the social media handles and yeah. hashtags and whatnot? Yeah, do do social media. I'm not even sure if we have a website at the moment, um, but yeah, we're just she the change on both Facebook and and Instagram, and you can sign up for our emails and and we'll send out emails. But yeah, really, just get curious about those issues. So good. Well, Christy, you've given me lots to think about. I am going to go and write a poem about you which I'm actually quite excited. I might, it might be the first poem I've ever written with some emojis in it. Um, but I would actually love to ask you a few questions quickly, mm-hmm. just creative kind of uh, rapid fire. I didn't send you these questions Ooh. before and I don't want you to overthink it. Okay. So I'm just going to ask you a question. You just say the first thing that comes to your head. Sure. What is your favourite colour? Green. What's your favourite thing to eat? Satay. What's your uh, favourite kind of landscape? The ocean landscape, is it? And if you went for a swim in the ocean and you were far out deep, Mm -hmm. would you look up at the sky or would you dive down and explore? Oh, my gosh, both. But I think I'd spend a little bit of time floating and just looking upward. And if you could be transported anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Fiji. And what would you do? Go in the ocean. And uh, all right, we're just going to get quick uh, metaphorical here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were an animal, what would you be? Oh, penguin. Cool. I'd like to ask why, but it kind of breaks my cycle of question asking. Um, and if you were a texture, what kind of texture would you be? Oh, 
my gosh, a cloud? Is that a texture? I think so. There's no mm. rules here. It's poetry. Sure. If you're a sound, what sound would you be? Mm. I'm water, bubbling brook. Awesome. All right. I think that's enough of my rapid fire, totally <laughs> random Phew. questions. Um, I didn't send them to you because <laughs> I didn't have them. I just made them up as we okay. went along. So like. just making things up as I go along. Christy, thank you so much for letting me um, sit here at your table, have this conversation with you. And more than that, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for continuing to get up out of bed in the morning and give yourself um, to that cause. Uh, it is inspiring. And I hope that everyone who listens to this goes and checks it out and gets connected and gets curious and takes that next step. Do you have one final sentence that you would want to share uh, just to wrap up this conversation? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Just do the thing that's in your heart. Christy. She's learned to live with the cracks, like the ones on her screen. But she won't settle for a world where half the sky is unseen. She floats in the ocean, looking up at the expanse. And then she looks a little closer at her own small hands. And rather than overwhelm, she sees opportunity. She reads of seeds she will plant in you and me. A connector of people, a curator of spaces, a beacon of hope, an opponent of hatred. Up close, where eye contact can bring the closest ones closer. She looks fear in its irises and carries courage on shoulders that have felt the weight of a world divided. But she digs deep beneath to find the heartbeat inside it. She whispers reminders of what it means to be human. Leading a happy accident that turned into a movement. Building community. Slowing down. Sparking conversations that can turn things around. She meets people at the turning points, the junctions. Heart thrust out in the open for public consumption. And she has tasted the pain that can come with this choice. But when you are sheing the change, you hold tight to your voice. Remembering, it is hard to hate people close up. So when they close up, turn inwards. Bully from their bitterness. Swimming in cynicism and lost innocence. Maybe those are just signs you are making a difference. Fear's a hard master, craving more distance. But love keeps walking, quietly listens and overturns systems with gentle persistence. So Christy, keep walking. No better words to describe you than this. A zigzag of energy, a flash and a twist. A lightning bolt emoji, a spark in the sky. Committed to helping others truly see eye to eye. And when you need it, you rest. For you have not yet quit. Fuel your engine with just the right mix of purpose, joy, and curiosity. Finding all the places that need a little Christy Fox lightning.